Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. The argument's heated. Everybody around Missoula Broadcasting right now, chiming in. Who's the most famous person in the world? Keep the text coming in. Let's just keep it open. We got prizes. We're definitely going to pick out somebody to win our $50 Town Pump gift card, but maybe we'll figure out one or two more. But uh, either way, it's a fun exercise. 406-888-1029. Who's the most famous person in the world right now? It's an interesting debate. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Coulter Nuanez coming to you through the ESPN Missoula uh, studio here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting Company, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast. Probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the Montana State Bookstore. Ty Gregorak, our lead analyst at Skyline Sports, also a longtime college football coach, 12 years with the Grizz, three years with the Bobcats. He's also the color commentator for the uh, conference games for uh, the television broadcast for Montana State football. So a guy that's been involved in football in a variety of ways throughout his uh, uh, his life, including as a uh, standout college football player at CU in Boulder. Colorado, the Buffs, are the, the, the toast of the town right now. It is the biggest story uh, in college football, and so much of it has to do with Neon Dion. Dion Sanders has got it rolling. Coach Ty, tons of stuff to get to. A heartbreaker for the Bobcats in Brookings, a route for Montana in St. George. But before we get to any of that, we've been talking each week about your alma mater. Man, <laughs> this is crazy to watch, man. Colorado, there's route Nebraska. I got to watch a little bit of the game. I mean, there's Deion Sanders commercials on every single time they go to a commercial break. I mean, this is totally revolutionary. This is totally different than, than what we're used to uh, in college football. And uh, here we are, Colorado 2-0. I, I love this culture. We're, you and I, every week that we do the Big Sky Breakdown and talk about Montana, Montana State, the Big Sky, we're going to start with the Buffs. I love, I love this. Uh, the Buffs are the epicenter of college football right now. I mean, you got big noon kickoffs, and now you got game day. Uh, I mean, I, 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 you know, I think I said it last week. They're, 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 they're college football 3.0. And they took care of business against a team that played for the national championship in week one at their place. They looked great. I mean, the first half was a little back and forth, and but they, I mean, they just cut it loose in the second half against a traditional rival in Nebraska. And you know, they, I mean, this is how these two programs have fallen on hard times. They rushed the field in a non a non conference uh, opponent that's not ranked. They rushed to the field in in Boulder. And you know what? Why not? I mean, why not? There's so much electricity and swag and juice around the program right now. You got to assume, unless they had the biggest letdown of all time, that they're going to go take care of business against a not very good Colorado State uh, on, on another you know national audience. Uh, people are going to be seeing the flat irons in the background and Herb Street and Corso and McAfee is going to get to enjoy 
Boulder. I mean, there's just so much excitement and energy around Colorado football. It's awesome. I mean, it is awesome. And, uh, yeah, man, if we get to start every week, you know, again, part of me wants to pump the brakes a little bit because, uh, you know, after after this week, that formerly known as the Rocky Mountain Showdown back in the day, uh, things are going to get a little more different with the likes of, like, USC and Oregon and some of these schools on the horizon. But, no, man, it's awesome. It's so cool to see, and people are talking about the Colorado Buffaloes, which is incredible. It's awesome. That's the part that's so unfortunate is this is the last year of the Pac-12 before it becomes the Pac-2 or the Pac-1 or whatever it's going to become. And don't look now, but the Pac-12's got six teams in the top 25. Caleb Williams of USC is probably the favorite for the Heisman Trophy. Colorado's the number one story in college football. Washington's got a kid who's probably going to be a first-round draft pick at quarterback. Oregon's got a kid who's probably going to be right up there in the finalist booth with Caleb Williams in Bo Nix. On down the line, Oregon State might have its best team in the last 20 years since Coach Erickson was there. It's really too bad that the Pac-12's doing this right now and the the league's going to just dissolve after this year. Well, and Colt, not to not to second guess you or say, Colter, you're wrong, but at least in one of the polls, there's eight teams. There you go. The, 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 I believe it was the media, whatever one comes out on Sundays, there's eight teams of the Pac-12. Because, I mean, he, he, who you didn't mention there, Washington State just beat a, a an 18 or 19 Wisconsin uh, on, on Saturday night, you know? So... It's it's really too bad um, because and you and I are going to talk all we've talked all spring summer and we're talk all fall about just the state of college football. Um, but the Pac-12, you know, is a hundred plus year old conference that is now a defunct conference, and you've got some of the best players in the country on some of the best teams in the country right now. I mean, not, there, you know what? There's not outside of Georgia. There's not a lot of people talking about the SEC. Uh, you know, outside of Michigan, there's not a lot of people talking about the Big Ten other than Mel Tucker and his situation going on. Oh, Good God, what a what disgrace and Travis. I mean, what a joke at it's $9 million joke. Dollars a year. I don't know if you've mentioned or you talked about that on your show at all last night, but I mean, and I, and I bring them up just because we were talking about the Big Ten. And, but, I mean, keep in mind, he was the head coach at Colorado for one season where, you know, I mean, a lot of us were like, yeah, this guy's got it going in the right direction. And, you know, sure enough, a big 10 school swoops him up for, you know, add on another 6 million and change or whatever. But what a, what a, what a disgrace that is to an already disgraceful program that went through the Larry Nazar deal and the, you know, the gymnast deal. And I mean, I, if I'm a parent of a, of a kid going to college, I don't think I'm t- sending him to East Lansing anytime soon. That's just me. But yeah, man, the, the pac has got it rolling. They, they, uh, they're playing. They're, they're doing a lot of good things, and like I said, they've they've got. I mean, I'm not, I don't know the the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, and it, it's it's neat to see. It's kind of like a. I mean, I, I, I want to use another adjective than riding off in the sunset, like kind of a screw you to the rest of the. I mean, a to the conference itself. You know, I mean, I saw that the you know they they basically did they do a lawsuit that the, the pack yeah Oregon yeah. State's getting a lawsuit going Washington State yeah. might get involved yeah. as well the uh, and then like the yeah. league itself is getting sued it's it's a total mess it is a mess and I just think for a hundred hundred year old conference and a lot of great programs schools academic institution athletic programs that have every varsity sport in the Stanford's and UCLA's and USC's it's a tragedy the, 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 the conference is disbanding because it's been a great conference for a long time. 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of, I think there's a lot of people actually kind of rooting for the Pac-12 this year. I really do. So it'll be interesting to see. And, I mean, I know some of our schools in our conferences are, are you know, played last week, and they're going to play again uh, this week against some Pac-12 schools. But it's fun to watch. I mean, uh, it's just too bad that, you know, that's the thing with the Pac-12. It's, 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 it seems like it's not a very national conference because football-wise anyway, so many of the games are so late, you know. Yeah. So, so a lot of Midwest and East Coast teams never really, I mean, outside of USC, you know, and maybe Oregon just because of the brand, the national brand, you know, people don't know about Michael Penix or at least maybe they did at his prior school. But what, what the Huskies are doing, I mean, you know, my son, my son Jax talks about Georgia and Ohio State, and I'm like, buddy, if if you got to go watch a game at Husky Stadium or Austin Stadium, you'd be pleasantly surprised. It is big time ball out here, and so anyway, um, I'm rooting for the Pac-12, man. It's, it's going to be fun to watch over the next few months. Well, last thing on this before we get into Big Sky Conference stuff, I was thinking about this Colorado phenomenon, and I was trying to think. I mean, there's always these, not always, but every so often, there's these these moments where. Stuff in college football seems to shift, and then there's people sort of leading the way. You know, whether it's, you know, the first teams that were running the option, and then they decided to add the veer element to it, and how much that changed stuff, and then all of a sudden the spread, and, you know, I think back to, like, the Miami days when first, you know, Howard Schellenbecker, and then, you know, uh, on down the line, Jimmy Johnson and and, uh, Dennis Erickson all started recruiting in Florida, Liberty City, and, and, you know, Really, truly breaking down the color barrier in college football, but I was trying to think like what is what is what is happening at Colorado comparable to I me? Mean, when's the last time we saw like this massive sort of seismic shift in the landscape of college football? Like we seem it's like it seems like the Buffs are kind of leading the way on. Well, it, it, it's, it's kind of a two part answer. So when Bill McCartney took over, Colorado was was traditionally one of the worst teams in, in the Big Eight slash Big Twelve, or I, I think they were Big Eight at the time and then transitioned to Big Twelve. Or I can't remember, but. You know, he knew he needed to change the recruiting base and, and the type of athletes that they were recruiting. And so they, they hit Southern California and Texas and Louisiana really, really hard to bring in a lot of the great players of, of that generation in terms of the, you know, Darian Higgins and Rashawn Salams and, and uh, you know, Michael Westbrook. And, I mean, there's just a lot of dudes. I mean, there were years where Colorado was getting the most draft picks in, in the NFL, not, not the Georgias and Alabamas. Um, what I can relate to kind of what's going on right now, and, and you just tell me if I'm way off base on this, is what Pete Carroll did. Remember, remember when USC kind of had, had, had like kind of a dark period? I mean, even when they were recruiting me in the late, you know, mid, mid to late 90s, totally. they weren't very good. I mean, they're obviously USC. Ton of tradition, ton of, I mean, to, well, it's one of the winningest programs in the country. But what Pete Carroll did is he brought juice and energy. And I mean, you remember, remember seeing like, Snoop Dogg and Will Ferrell on the sideline. Buddy, last Saturday in Boulder, Dion had the Wu-Tang Clan on the sideline. You know who walked out of the tunnel in front of the team, uh, or at least, least, least in pregame? Shannon Sharp and Stephen A. Smith. They walked out together just chilling, just chilling on the sideline, man, where, you know, he's got, I mean, I don't know if you've seen it, they've got like a big king throne on the sideline. I mean, it's, it, is, it, is a, it is college football 3.0. I mean, these guys are parking Lamborghinis in the field house and having recruits getting pictures. I mean, it just, it is different. And I mean, I thought our facilities were awesome when I was there. What they have done is, is nothing short of beautiful. Now, you don't have the, you don't have Big Ten, 
SEC size stadiums. I mean, the Folsom Field's only about 60, 62, 63,000. But, I mean, you, everyone's seen it. Like, if you didn't know about Colorado football and they start spanning the stadium and you're seeing the flat irons in the background, it's gorgeous. I mean, it is a gorgeous, gorgeous area and a good university, good school. So, I don't know. I mean, what, what I what I'm relating it to is what Pete Carroll had rolling there in, in kind of the you know the mid 2000s, where a lot of swag, lot lot of energy. You had all Americans backing up all Americans. Recruits wanted to go there again, and I think that this this trade. I mean, Jeremy Bloom. You know, you know Jeremy Bloom. I mean, he was a great football player, but he kind of you know became famous because he was he was a really really good. Uh, um, uh, uh, skier, uh, and there was the issue with, you know, can he get sponsorships to do the stuff on the hills and not play football? Blah blah blah. I mean, he he's got on social media, basically like petitioning the alums and Buff Nation to start putting together more chatter for Dion. He's like, if, if people are willing to do this, I'll I'll start this train by donating a hundred grand. So, like, they want to get, they want this 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 buzz to continue, and they want to do everything in their power. They're, they're not dumb now. Colorado is traditionally cheap with head coaches and assistant coaches. They just are. I'm just calling it how I see it. They know they've got a great thing going now. How can they keep it together for, for an extended period of time? You know, and not not have another Mel Tucker where it's one and done and he's moving on. So. Man, I just said a lot right there. I don't know if it, any, any of it made sense, but it is it is exciting times again in Boulder, Colorado. No it question. certainly is. CU alum, Ty Gregor, joining us here on the Big Sky Breakdown, and you're listening to it here on Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. Coach Ty, uh, 15 years coaching the Big Sky Conference between his time at Montana and Montana State, our lead analyst at Skyline Sports, and also a proud Colorado Buff, former football player there at CU, uh, he's all sorts of excited about what's going on with Neon Dion. I'm not an engineer. I also just don't really know how to name stuff right. So I, we played the segments in the wrong order, but the conversation continues. This is from week one after Colorado had beat TCU. But the formative part of the conversation is still pertinent. Is Dion Sanders good for college football? Big Sky Breakdown, back for week two of in-season Big Sky Breakdowns. Appreciate you for joining us, as always. And we also got to say thank you to Town Pump. I got pretty much all the Town Pumps in the western part of the state completely memorized. I know exactly where I'm going to stop when I'm on my way from Missoula to Bozeman, Bozeman to Billings, anywhere in between. And uh, we couldn't get where we need to get at Skyline Sports without Town Pump. Appreciate Town Pump for all the wild by the mile. Back for yet another year. We'll be giving you opportunities to win gift cards from Town Pump here as well as on Nuanas now, and uh, they'll be keeping us fueled up all season long, including this upcoming weekend. We got a bunch of long road trips. I am road tripping down to St. George, Utah. Tom Stuber is road tripping over to Brookings, South Dakota. But before we get to any of this upcoming week, we got to talk about the week that was. Both Montana, Montana State, and the rest of the Big Sky Conference opened up the 2023 season. Uh, over the last several days, there was five games on Thursday, and then another seven Big Sky teams were in action on Saturday. Ty Gregorak, lead analyst here at Skyline Sports, and uh, will be on the color commentary for MTN once again this year as well for Bobcat football games. He joins us now. Coach Ty, thanks for being here. Uh, before we get to any of the big sky action, holy smokes, man, Coach Prime, <laughs> the hype is real. They smashed TCU and uh, pretty oppressive effort in the debut. What would you think of your alma mater? 
Well, it was incredible. Uh, you know, what the the realist in me would love to say, you know, let's pump the brakes just to scooch, but the buff in me is saying, wow, you know, and, and again, I'm I'm on a thread of probably 20 or so former players and buddies, and, you know, as I said at, after the game, I was like, guys, the coolest part about, not, not just winning, not, not just winning, it, it, and again, it doesn't matter if it's TCU, who played in the national championship seven months ago, uh, who's established itself as a really good football program on the road. It doesn't matter if it's TCU or, you know, traditionally we always opened up with CSU, just to see him get a win and, and, and in a great game. I mean, that's the thing. It was a fun game to watch, but, I, but kind of my last text on the thread was, if you, if you like college football at all, you were watching that game, you know, even, even if you're a Tennessee fan and you're watching Tennessee, Virginia, um, you're going back and forth to that game. I don't know what the ratings were. I don't know how many eyeballs were tuned into Fox, but I mean, that, that was incredible, an incredible way to start his tenure there. No doubt. I mean, I, I kept telling you in our conversations up until Saturday, he'd been, he'd been, He'd done everything he was hired to do, which was to bring juice and excitement and some some flair and some swag back back to CU football. Well, now he just did it on a national stage, uh, you know, with the big noon kickoff, and it, it was incredible, man. What a, what a what a what an awesome, thrilling uh, thing for for the Colorado football program fan base, alum base, everybody, and they get to back it up with, you know, a home game this week against a you know, traditional rival, even though they're not in the same conferences anymore and haven't been for quite some time now, but you get the Nebraska Cornhuskers coming to Folsom Field in Boulder. Oof, there may be a, a wave of, uh, a wave of excitement uh, and, and a buzz in the air. It's going to be awesome. It's wild to think about how much college football has changed since like the height of the Nebraska-Colorado rivalry, right? Like in the 90s and early 2000s when you were playing there. I remember the it was either 2000 or 2001 when those two teams uh, played twice towards the end of the regular season, and and uh, Colorado had that huge win to, to derail the Eric Crouch-led Cornhuskers. And crazy to think what Nebraska football has become, what Colorado football became, but now maybe uh, the Buffs resurrecting on their way back. Last question on this before we get to some big sky talk, Ty. We talk a lot about this ever-influx state of college football, conference realignment, NIL, all these different things, unlimited transfers. I think that the, the angle is almost always that we think that this is a little bit, maybe not negative for the game, but certainly uh, hard to keep up with for sure and needs more regulation. But I do think that Deion Sanders is sort of embracing the state of affairs in, in the the world of college football more than maybe any other coach. He's he's going. I mean, they brought in what forty five transfers or something like that. He wants all his guys to have nil deals. He wants them to have big brands. He's selling that recruiting. Is this a good or a bad thing for college football at large if this experiment continues to work like it already has? Buddy, Coach Prime's players' practice jerseys have their their Twitter handle. Or what, what I know at candle. Is that what? I don't even know. What it, you know I don't even know either. I mean, if you see me on social media, it's generally because I'm posting a picture of my beautiful wife and, and kids, and that's it. I, 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 I actually never had Twitter. Jeff Choate made me get Twitter on the first day I became a Bobcat, and I'm like, I don't do this, Coach. He's like, well, you do now. And, but that's the way of the world. That's the way of college 
sports and these kids. That's the way you communicate with recruits now. I mean, it's just crazy. But, yeah, man, I think here's the deal. If you don't embrace it, you're not going to have a job. Like, right. I mean, college college football has changed, you know. And, and, you know, you take a crusty, wily old, probably one of the best coaches ever, if not the best, and a guy like Nick Saban. I mean, if it, 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 like what I know of Nick Saban, he'd line up in 22 and 21 and 12 personnel and run power counter play action and try to beat your ass on defense. But that's not the game anymore, and that's not what, what's winning a lot of games in the SEC. So what has he done? He's gone to more of a spread approach, and I know he goes through coordinators faster than underwear, but you know, a guy like him who's been doing it forever and is a tough old ball coach has had to embrace change. And if you don't embrace it, you're gonna get you're gonna get freaking you know flown by. I mean, it's just it is a different world, man. I mean, yeah, you're talking about Colorado and Nebraska. I mean, they're they're two of the two two winning a couple you know top eight winningest programs in the '90s who have fallen on hard times. Uh, you know, the 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 prime experiment. I mean, it was kind of I actually kind of thought it was cool. Now, even if they would have lost the game, I, I hope his tone would have been the same do you believe now do you do you believe because they're, they're gonna they're gonna do some stuff in boulder i mean i i didn't believe it i mean i, I some of my uh scripts and, and mtm people last year were you know hey ty what do, you, do you think this could happen in terms of Deion sanders i'm like no why would it happen he's got no he's got no ties to boulder colorado like what why would it happen well sure enough they get him and he's like he's lighting the the Rocky Mountains, man, the front range on fire right now, and you get another win against a, a, an arch rival of the past in the in the in the Huskers. Uh, oof, what what a start! So, yeah, man, college football has changed. It's changed so much. I mean, it's 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 nuts. And we, you and I, could do segments on on just we 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 could do segments on just one. Like, hey, let's talk about NIL for an hour. You know, for sure, good, and, and we wouldn't even be done. You know, so. Uh, I mean, seeing what some of these kids are making now, I mean, you know, my daughter's an aspiring, I mean, she's a heck of a gymnast. She wants to be an Olympian, you know, so she follows all these gals and the Libby Dunn's of the world who made $3 million last year as as an LSU, I'm I'm air quoting, student athlete. She's making more than a healthy chunk of NFL dudes. You know, in their rookie deals. And I mean, shoot, I coached a lot of kids that got to play in the NFL. They weren't making three million a year, Coulter. I promise you that. So, anyway, it's it's a it's a crazy landscape. And you and I've talked about it, man. Like the only thing that really well, the, I, I, I there's a couple things. One, I I think that until they really start to regulate it, and nil is such a stupid term because it's not nil. I mean, if you're truly getting paid to do the you know Kendall Ford advertisement that's one thing but when you when you're getting when, when some of these big time recruits are getting money before stepping on campus that's not nil that's pay for play that bothers me another thing that bothers me is these bi-coastal conferences you know where where you know when you and i were coming up uh conferences were very regional and, and that was good for the student athlete that was good for the fan base because you had these you you, you have these immediate rivalries and traditions well now you're going from la to New Jersey, all right? And, and and I don't love that mostly because you and I both know the football teams are going to charter a 737, fly in, fly out, get home, get done, be back for, you know, workouts, school, life on, you know, the next, uh, that, that same evening. What, who, who's going to really, 
um, not benefit from this is the Olympic sports, as we always call them, the, the, you know, the, the basketball, volleyball, soccer. And I, I say basketball, even though you know, basketball is a huge sport, but it's still the same issues. I mean, a lot of times they leave on a Wednesday or Thursday and they won't return till Sunday and they're not jumping on and off their own chartered flights. I mean, they're getting on smaller airplanes and flying in that airports. And so it, it's wild. It is just wild to see how it's all taking shape. Tiger Rack here on the ESPN Roundtable. Lots of thoughts about college football. The entry point, the center point, though, his alma mater, Colorado, and the rise of Coach Prime. The ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls located at 3621 Brook Street. They have 22 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a full-service casino. You need a place to watch sports, any sports, especially football this time of year. Head on over to Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Missoula Paddleheads, win or go home tonight. Jeff Safford, preview the game with us on Diamond Time. Next, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Jewelry Design Center is not your average jewelry store. The friendly, welcoming staff is so excited to be in Montana, and the craftsmanship, unique creativity, care, and artisanship you'll receive at the Jewelry Design Center is second to none. Is there anything you guys can't do? We don't cut diamonds, <laughs> okay, yeah. but we can facilitate that. <laughs> right. It's unique that we cast our own metal, we grow our own models, we hand carve, as well as use computer-aided technology to design. We're pushing the limits of what we had previously thought was impossible. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. First it was the Jackson 5, then it was the Jacksons, and then Michael Jackson went solo, and uh, the rest is history. I know that Michael Jackson is maligned and, and now has become controversial, and there's you know the, the, the Neverland documentary, which was horrific and hard to watch. But... In the moment, man, this is not much better when it comes to pop and, and R&B, you know, late 70s, early 80s Motown-style music. Welcome back. New is Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It's a Wednesday, so that means it's a Wing It Wednesday. We got wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for you. Easy this week. All you got to do is call us, 406 888 Jeff's on the line. Okay, Andrew's telling me. I didn't know if we were connected through the Comrex or not. Text us. Keep the text coming in. Then. Let's keep the text line rolling. 888-1029, 406-888-1029. Text us. Let us know who, who you think the most famous person in the world is. And uh, we'll get uh, a couple lucky winners set up with a variety of different prizes, including uh, right now a dozen wings uh, to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. That means we got him on the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. He's Jeff Safford, the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads. And it is win or go home tonight for Missoula. Backs against the wall. The Paddleheads have been the champions over and over and over again over these last three summers when it comes to the regular season first and second half pennants. But last year, they left a little salty taste in their mouth because they lost in the championship series to Grand Junction. And now tonight, the Paddleheads season... On the brink. They lost last night in Billings 8-5. to So the Mustangs one win away from advancing in the Pioneer League playoffs. But if Missoula wins tonight, there'll be a decisive game three. The winner of this series plays the champions of the South for all the marbles in the Pioneer League Championship Series. 
Uh, Jeff, first of all, just take us through uh, last night. Uh, a little bit surprising, but I know Billings has been good this year. They've been very good at home, and they hit the ball really well last night, that 8-5 to win. Uh, so just take us through. What did you see, uh, uh, and uh, what, what are your observations from uh, Missoula getting uh, knocked off in Game 1? Well, the Mustangs got to this point um, behind a huge month of August where they finished 20-7 and and then rolled that into September where they had a 15-game winning streak to get to the end of the year. Then they had some crazy circumstances the last couple days of the season with those strange games with the Glacier Range Riders where it behoved them to lose to try to make the postseason. But Billings is here playing with confidence, and you could see it on their home field. They were not intimidated at all especially in the early innings got some great at bats innings two through four scored two in each and were able to beat a pitcher that frankly almost nobody has been able to get to this year and alfredo via and threw only about 50 percent of his pitches for strikes for the 96 he threw 56 were balls so they were patient at the plate and chased via before he could get through five something that very few teams have done this season so Give credit to Billings, but clearly was not Missoula's best performance either, having stranded 10 runners on base and seeing guys like McLean O'Connor taking 0 for 5, just not something that you're used to seeing. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is sort of reminiscent of last year, right? To a degree, yes. Um, you know, you look at the Grand Junction Rockies a season ago, where that series took a completely different turn last year was that You had two games here in Missoula with this strange um, scheduling conflict. Grand Junction plays in a ballpark that's shared with a NAIA um, college football team, and they are scheduled to play football on the same field, believe it or not, kind of thinking about Candlestick Park or the old Coliseum in the Bay Area, multi-use facilities there, but not something you're used to seeing in minor league baseball at all. So it had a little bit different feel from that regard where they're being kind of a day in between now a venue change as well so i think it gave the paddleheads a little bit more of a chance to have kind of those mental things kind of rattling around in their brains so to speak well coming in then tonight i mean this is as good as it gets if you like postseason baseball but also there's a ton of pressure on missoula you know they've had the best record in the league pretty much since they transitioned to becoming the paddleheads and and pretty much since the pioneer league transitioned to this independent format and the Battleheads have been the cream of the crop. They have been the class of the Pioneer League for sure. Uh, backs against the wall tonight. So, I mean, what's the vibe? How, how do you think that the, the guys are feeling right now? Any nerves uh, amongst the uh, the home team tonight? I mean, whenever you're playing in an elimination game, you have a little bit of that kind of uneasy feel. But on the opposite side of the spectrum, it's also hard to get that decisive closeout win also. So a lot of things probably rattling around in the head of Billings as well as they try to get themselves to the league championship series, a place that just a few weeks ago didn't even seem to be a remote possibility. Remember thinking second week of August, Billings was as many as six games back in the second half before they made that crazy run with that winning streak. You've covered the the Mustangs a lot this year too. I mean, you've watched them play a bunch of times against Missoula. How has Billings be able, been able to just get on such a hot streak? I mean, you mentioned it twice. What what have, what have they been able to do to, to just play such unbelievably successful baseball these last four or five weeks? 
Well, a few players that were not swinging as hot of a bat to begin the season definitely have heated up. A few come to mind being the a returner from last year and Gabe Wirtz. You saw him really get going in game one. He went four for five with two doubles and seemed to be kind of the ringleader, so to speak, especially coming into this ballpark a season ago, having their season ended by the paddlehead. Surely he had a chip on his shoulder. Another guy, Taylor Lomack, a player that came from the Padres system that was hitting around 270, 280 when the Paddleheads saw him first week of August, but batting average at the end of the year ended up being 320 for Lomax, so he went on a crazy roll, but the highlight has been John Michael Fail, a rookie from North Greenville University. Now, if you want to find some crazy college numbers, go look up this guy's stats from NCAA Division II Baseball. I mean, it looks like something from MLB The Show, like average <laughs> over 400, a three-time All-American guy was just a complete stud at that level, and it translated here to the Pioneer League as well. In just over 50 games, he had 20 bombs, batting average well over 300. He was the Offensive Player of the Month in the month of August with double-digit home runs in that month of loan. Michael Fail, huge part of the offense coming down the stretch. Not so much, though, in Game 1, took an 0 for 4. Jeff Stafford, voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, joining us here uh, on Nuanez Now. The Paddleheads, backs against the wall. Playoffs here tonight in Missoula. They lost last night in the Magic City uh, to the Billings Mustangs. Now the Mustangs here for Game 2. Paddleheads must win or the season is over for Missoula, and Billings will move on to the Pioneer League Championship Series to play the winner of the South. If Missoula does win tonight, they'll force a third and deciding Game 3 Give us the preview of tonight's matchup then, Jeff. What's the pitching matchup look like, and what are some of the keys uh, for either side in this one? Well, the Paddleheads are going to, really looking at it, a pair of Pioneer League veterans are going out there tonight. Izzy Fuentes, who is a member of the Grand Junction Rockies a season ago, actually pitched in the Pioneer League Championship Series against the Paddleheads a year ago. guy that really has had, for the most part, good success against the Billings Mustangs in Two starts was Nails, had his best start of the year in the early parts of July, went seven innings, gave up just one run. But his last outing got knocked around here at home in under five innings pitch, gave up seven runs and a 10-7 to win for Billings. So you look at it from that point of view, both sides have had success one way or another. Fuentes against Billings, Billings against Fuentes. And going for Billings, Southpaw Pat Maybach, a returner from Last season, a guy that kind of bounced between the starting rotation and the bullpen a season ago has more solidified himself as a starter this year. He's been a bit up and down this year for Billings, where he's been absolutely special at times, was within one out of a no-hitter against the Glacier Range Riders earlier this year. But in starts against Missoula, his ERA is over 8, and he's 0-3. So there you go. What are you going to see? you going to see good Pat Maybach? Or not so good, Pat Maybach. What will be the key then for Missoula? What will be the key if Missoula is going to force game three and extend their season tonight? I would think the biggest thing that they have to do is just get back to being who they are, which is an offense that hits one through nine solidly, gets off to a good start offensively, gets off to a lead, and then starting pitching does the rest. Go through five, six innings. Get to the lead, then get to your back-end guys that you trust in the bullpen. Players like Mark Simon, the league pitcher of the year from 2021, 
Ethan Swanson, a right-hander who was acquired via trade from the Great Falls Voyagers this year. Guy that had an ERA under three during the regular season. A guy that the Paddleheads trust. So Lou, use that formula. Get out to a lead early. Have solid at-bats, one through nine, and just wear out this pitching staff of the Mustangs that, frankly, at times has struggled mightily with a team ERA over six. First pitch just after 7 p.m. Jeff Safford will be on the call beginning a little bit before 7. So keep it tuned right after this show. The Missoula Paddleheads coming up uh, in about an hour. Jeff will be back on the radio to get you set up for this win or go home Pioneer League playoff matchup. Jeff, appreciate the insight as always. Enjoy yourself, and uh, hopefully we're talking to you soon uh, after a win. But we'll see. Uh, Best of luck on the call tonight. Thanks for doing it. Yeah, no problem, and uh, no, we'll be getting rolling here with Grizz Hockey and all that in the next couple of weeks either way, so looking forward to that as well. Jeff Safford, multifaceted in all the things he provides us here uh, at ESPN Radio. All right, uh, what are the things that Ferris State does so well that has them as one of the top football programs, small school college football programs in the country? That's next. Keep it right here. You want us now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultilaw.com. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Bet you thought it was a different song when it first started, didn't you? Little Isley Brothers for you on the way back in. Snuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Appreciate you for joining us here uh, on this Wednesday. Crazy how fast the weeks fly by this time of year. Already halfway through the week. And uh, racing towards Saturday, a night game here in Missoula on Saturday. Ferris State, two-time defending Division II national champs in town to take on the Montana Grizzlies, the final non-conference game for 2023 for the Grizz. They're off to a 2-0 start for the fifth season in a row under head coach uh, Bobby Howe. We go now to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in, starting defensive end for the uh, University of Montana. Uh, a guy that joined the program this last offseason as a transfer from UCLA, it's Hayden Harris. Hayden, thanks for doing this with us, man. I know it's kind of weird. I never actually met you in person, but I've seen you around. Uh, thanks for joining us here on ESPN Radio. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me, and uh, I'm really excited for this Saturday. 
Well, good. I, I, I think a lot of people are. Night game in Missoula is going to be pretty cool. Uh, I know you've been in Missoula for a little while now, so what have you thought? I mean, what's the transition been like living here in the Garden City? You know, I'm originally from Seattle, um, a metro city uh, outside of Seattle, so it's honestly pretty similar in terms of, you know, the lifestyle and the people that live here are really, really good people. Um, but definitely a night and day difference compared to my last school. But, you know, Missoula has treated me well, and I'm just happy to be here. Well, you, you got one home game under your belt. Uh, you got to run out of the tunnel for the first time a couple weeks ago against Butler. What was that experience like? It was really cool. You know, Missoula, I know, and the Grizz have one of the best home field environments, you know, out there. Um, nothing I've really experienced before, and, you know, just really cool to getting my uh, first win under my belt and my first win at home here in Missoula. So uh, it was pretty special. Well, when it comes to this acclimating uh, to the team, just the, the scheme in general, uh, it's a, bit, a little bit uh, unorthodox what Montana likes to do with their defensive linemen. I know they're asking you do, to do a lot at yeah, your defensive end spot. So h- how's that part been, and, and how would you sort of just describe y- your general role in the in the Grizz defense? Yeah, man, so um, it's a big difference coming from a four down to a three down. Um, but I knew that coming into the portal, you know, I'd have to do a lot of new um, techniques in terms of the defense we're running. Um, but I've adapted pretty well. So far, I would say um, I'm still getting a few kinks down and um, finally getting that transition period over. But um, it's really cool the defense we play. A lot of guys make plays, and we get excited when guys make plays. So it's a really cool uh, defense to play in. Um, can't wait to show you guys on Saturday. That's that's what's fun about watching the Grizz defense, right? Is It's sort of this controlled chaos, and then all of a sudden there's one or two guys that get put in these great positions to make big plays, and you guys have made a lot of big plays already, forced a ton of turnovers, and getting pretty good pressure on the quarterbacks as well. So, uh, what, I mean, how did you evaluate it? What have you thought of this, your guys' defensive performance? Seems like you took a big step between week one and week two. What did you see improve uh, this last week against Utah Tech? You know, we got to get get uh, get off after the passer a little bit more week two. Um, Butler was a really good run team, so we had a run on our mind. And moving into week two, you know, it was a complete different sort of scheme from the offense. Um, so we focused more on the pass. But uh, we got a good team coming here on Saturday, and we're going to have to be dialed in both run and pass. Um, we're just going to have to figure it out and play good sound defense. Hayden Harris joining us here on Nuanas Now. He is a defensive end for the University of Montana football team. Grizz host Ferris State on Saturday. Uh, what's the preparation been like this week then? Um, Ferris State, obviously a, a rich winning tradition. They've won a ton, especially recently, two-time defending a Division II national champs. So uh, how you guys feeling? What, what are you thinking about the Bulldogs coming to town? Yeah, they're no slouches. Um, they're, we're going to get their best game, and we got to play our best, you know, to give our chance to win the game. Um, they're tough up front. Um, their sounds at all their skill positions, and they know how to win. Um, they've won 29 straight road games, and we got to do our best to make sure it doesn't turn into 30, but we'll be prepared. A couple more questions for you just about uh, stuff off the field. Uh, what do you thought of campus life so far? But what do you, First of all, what are you going to school for? So I'm a graduate. I just came here as a graduate. So right. um, I'm doing my master's of business. So that, that takes up a lot of my time, you know, outside of football. Outside of film study, I'm, you know, getting my head in the books, um, making sure I'm dialed in with school. Um, other than that, I mean, hanging out with friends, hanging out with teammates, getting close with the guys, you know, that's been something that's been really cool for me and um, is definitely special about the Grizz. 
Not a lot of time when you're getting your master's degree, but I mean, that's what's, you know, there's a lot of stuff about the, this whole sort of extended eligibility and, and the, all the stuff that happened at, during and after the pandemic. But one thing I think is so cool is all you guys getting the opportunity to pursue not only a degree, but multiple degrees. So, I mean, what do you think of the opportunity? Montana's got a great business school. Getting an MBA here in Missoula is a, a great deal for you. So, I mean, what do you think of just this chance that you got to, to sort of improve your life through education? Yeah, it's awesome. You know, COVID was tough. Um, but again, there, there are a few positives that come out of it, likely enough, like, you know, getting an extra year of eligibility, you know, to pursue a master's, which is something I've always wanted to do. Um, at my prior school, I wasn't able to get my business degree, but I am able to get my master's of business here. So it's a really cool opportunity. Um, I think it's really good for the athletes to be able to, be able to get multiple degrees. Um, uh, Trey John Cotton recently got his second degree yeah. working on his third. I, th- I just think it's really special and a really cool opportunity for us. I thought it was a neat story that the Missoulian had a couple weeks ago on Trajan Cotton. Uh, youngest of six kids and the first kid from his entire family, first person from his entire family to get a college degree. And that's what it really is all about. Uh, pretty darn cool. Hayden Harris joining us here. Uh, on to on is now. Former UCLA transfer is now a starting defensive end for the Montana Grizzlies. Uh, last thing for you then, Hayden, your overall goals for this season. I know Montana always has high expectations internally. So how do you guys go about chasing those high expectations this year with the Grizz? You know, our goal every every week is to win. Um, as long as we prepare the the right way and we're close to the team and we do things the right way, winning will come. Um, so our goal every week is, you know, just to get a W on Saturday and we'll learn from the mistakes. There you go. Hayden Harris, thanks for being here, man. Really appreciate it. And uh, nice to meet you at least over the phone. We'll look forward to seeing you again. Thanks for having me. Nice to meet you. There you go. Hayden Harris, uh, Montana Grizz. Graduate transfer from UCLA, defensive end. If you missed anything the show, you can find it on the Nuanas Now podcast. I will actually give you a breakdown of Ferris State. We'll actually hear from uh, Malik Mitchell, the quarterback from Ferris State tomorrow. We also got Brooks Nuanas all football all the time. Carolyn, the chicken doesn't know sports. Some prep lead-up coverage as well. We'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M-Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. That's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now <laughs> for the <laughs> University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.